Welcome back to Presenting Pixie Dust. As always, I am your host, Elizabeth Carr, and I am joined again today by the wonderful, amazing Brett Harvey. Hey. And we are really excited to be back for our, what episode are we up to? Fifth? I think this is number five. Our fifth episode of this uh, wonderful little podcast journey that we've been on. Uh, It's been really fun and I'm excited to get into the movie that we are talking about today. Yeah, yeah. So, Brett, tell us what we, we watched. Uh, I got to choose this movie. You did. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, and so we've done a few um, animated movies, mm-hmm. like strictly animated movies. So we've done Onward, we've yep. done Cinderella, mm-hmm. and we've done Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we chose, uh, I chose Christopher Robin. Which is the t- 2018 uh, Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. Not... Goodbye, Christopher Robin, which in my research I found was a 2017 movie oh, starring really? Margot Robbie. Yes, but this one... Is um, that a completely different storyline? Completely line? different storyline. Completely different storyline. It's not the same Christopher Robin. Well, it's the same Christopher Robin. It's a Winnie it? the Pooh Christopher Robin, yeah. Uh-huh. But a completely different But a completely story. different storyline and not made by Disney either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we won't watch it then. So we're not... No, we're not interested in that <laughs> one. But no, this is the 2018 Ewan McGregor movie, Ewan Christopher McGregor. Robin. Yep. Macca. Is that what you he's known to his friends as? McGregster. <laughs> McGregster. I don't know. But no. he's, been, he's been around a lot. He has. He is think... a he's a Disney uh he's a Disney favourite, I think. He was Obi Wan Kenobi, of course, in yeah. this uh, Star Wars episode one, two and three. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars that shall not be named because people didn't like those ones so much. And I think he's just for the most part, he's played, played such likable characters. Yeah, see, here's, I'm going to make a confession straight up. Yeah. I'm not a big Ewan McGregor fan. Not a fan. No. Something, like, he's all right, but, like, I just oh, can't... He's handsome. Wa- yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. Always plays the part well. Yeah. I just can't warm to him. There's something about him that I just, I just don't care about him. Mm. Like, I'm sure he's a lovely man, but as an actor, I just watch him and I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. Sounds a bit actorist to me. Do you think so? Yeah. I'm being very actorist. Define actorist yeah, for me. You've you've got um you know, you've got something against him as an actor. Yeah, maybe. Look, I, he's fine. But I just I'm Would just like, a, bit, yeah. a bit vanilla. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is I think about he's him. Great. I'm know. sure you do. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but I think you know what I think it is. I think, and I'm gonna. This is my unpopular opinion of the of the okay. podcast. I might have other unpopular opinions later. This is probably the most unpopular opinion. I think my first Ewan McGregor experience was in Moulin Rouge. And I really and don't I like that, that movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I yeah. hate it. And I love musicals and musical theatre and I cannot stand Moulin Rouge. And we tried to watch it again recently and I just yeah. can't. And I, I remember I can't. asking you about Moulin Rouge specifically when we were dating and you you expressed your distaste I for the I don't movie like it. And it, it almost um, sent us in a different trajectory well maybe that's why i don't like you and mcgregor he nearly ruined my relationship but no i just really i i think that that's what it is i think that i know him from moulin rouge so if you said you know you and mcgregor i'd go oh moulin rouge that's Mm. where i know him from even though i've seen lots of other things with him in it and i just i don't like that movie and so maybe he's just i don't like him because of that and i like baz lerman movies i love romeo and juliet love the great gatsby strictly ballroom is incredible but moulin rouge just i just didn't like it so maybe that's why i don't like you and McGregor, mm-hmm. so that's my unpopular opinion yeah. of the day. And, Can't stand Moulin Rouge. But what did you think of him as an actor in this movie? Oh, it's all right. 
<laughs> he's all right. So everyone knows we are talking about Christopher. Christopher Robin, Robin now. Yeah, we are talking about Christopher <laughs> Robin. Um, he's all right. Like, yeah. I mean, we'll get to my opinions on the movie later. Yeah, sure. Because I do have some statistics and some fun facts to start mm. off with. If you're comfortable to start with those now. Oh yeah. You're comfortable? I love Because this, this is a, con, you know, we've got to maintain a good level of consent in this podcast and you are comfortable <laughs> with me with me moving on to this yes. next part. Okay. So um, this movie premiered on the 30th of July, 2018 in Burbank, California, which is where Disney Studios yeah. are in Burbank. So I wonder if, and where lots of the big studios are in Burbank. So that's probably why it premiered there. They must have like a big theater or something there. Yeah. Where people can all go in and. And watch. I might oh, have to do some I research on that. it would be a theatre of some size. Yeah, a considerably large theatre. <laughs> like a private theatre, maybe. releasing a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't looked into the theatre. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's a topic for another day. Um, this movie got 7.3 on IMDb and 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which are pretty good scores, really. They are, it's solid. It's solid scores. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, like, you know, if I remember back to when it was released at the movies, um, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know if it really captured, you know, the audience like maybe it should have. Well, uh, we should, again, preface this by saying that prior to about half an hour ago, we had not seen this movie. No. So we watched it on Disney+. Plus. It is available on Disney+, Plus if you want to have a watch of it. And if you don't have Disney+, Plus, I really recommend you getting it, even if you sign up for the seven-day free trial and watch a whole bunch of movies and then, you know, make a new email address and sign up for another seven <laughs> days and just keep doing that for the rest of your life. Um, but, we, yeah, we watched it on Disney+, Plus, not at the cinemas. This was our first experience with watching mm. this movie. Did you have anything you want to add before we move on to fun facts? No, no. All right, cool. So, fun facts. We've got eight fun facts. Eight? Uh, eight. It's always eight. Oh, is it? Hello, Brett. My name's Elizabeth. You're, we're recording a podcast here, the one that you've been a part of for the last few times, and eight fun facts. That's how we roll. Right. I'm counting on my fingers. Eight fun facts. Okay. Number one, it had an international box office taking of $197 million. So Whoa, it did really well. That's pretty good. Yeah, so this is the biggest grossing Winnie the Pooh film ever. Mm. Uh, its budget was $75 million and it made $197 million. Yeah. Out of the park. Out of the park. Yeah, so it did Smash. really well, probably Smash because... It. Probably because of the Ewan McGregor factor. Not everyone dislikes him as much as I dislike. No, you know what? That's a horrible thing to say because I don't dislike him. Yeah. I just don't have any sort of affinity for him. Mm. He's all right. Um, Okay, number two. This movie is entirely fictional, uh, not based on any sort of a true story. So Christopher Robin, of course, is the name of A.A. Milne, who is the author of... Uh, Winnie the Pooh, the original author. It's the name of his son. So his son was named Christopher Robin Milne. Uh, But it does have some biographical elements, like Christopher Robin did go to boarding school as a Mm. child and everything. But as, you know, it comes to... And he did serve in the war too, Mm. uh, Christopher Robin. But in terms of, you know, him working at a luggage factory and everything, that didn't happen. So, yeah. (laughs) You good? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nodding at me. All right. Uh, number three. This one was actually pretty interesting. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, this movie employed young actors that were just out of drama school. So I'm assuming kids, like small people, mm. to play the creatures in the Hundred Acre Wood before wow. they 
um, CGI'd them. Yeah, so to yeah. play Winnie the Pooh and, and act and move around as them. So I suppose so that Mr. McGregor had someone to act with. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I remember when I was watching the special features, not Disney related, but just that's where my brain went. When I was watching an interview with um, Daniel Radcliffe when he was filming the second Harry Potter movie and he spoke about Dobby, the house elf, who's quite a main character in that second Harry Potter movie and how Dobby was um, just a ball on a stick mm. that he was acting with before they CGI'd him. So I suppose it's good that they um, they used real actors to play yeah. these And I reckon you can tell parts. for sure because, you know, the way that you and... Uh, or Mr. McGregor. Mr. McGregor. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not his friend. <laughs> the way that he interacted with those, you know, characters uh, felt real. Kind of a real, real, a real, you know, you could tell that he was performing to something there. You know, yeah. Was, and I suppose that's really important for like sightline issues mm. as well. If you're talking to someone or some character, that is really important so, for sightline. Yeah. In but that you... respect, I think it was spot on. Yeah. Really, really well done. Definitely. Uh, fun fact number four, this movie employed the uh, use of Jim Cummings as the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Now, he has played Winnie the Pooh and Tigger in Disney feature films since 1988 and 89, respectively. Wow. So he's been Winnie the Pooh's voice for my lifetime. He is Mr. the Pooh. He's Mr. the Pooh and Tigger as well. So he's done Tigger's voice yeah. for much of my life as well. Yeah, and yeah. It, that's, I think that that's really, really important. And we'll talk about the characters' voices when we go through the movie uh, because that was something I wanted to talk about. Mm. But he has played them for a good number of years, nearly yeah. my entire life. And I think that that was a really nice touch that this movie had. All right, number five, I love this one too. So there is a scene during the credits, in the middle of the credits, um, where that takes place on a beach. Yeah. And some of the film's supporting cast are enjoying the beach and splashing around in the water and stuff. The piano player that's playing the song on the piano is actually Disney legendary songwriter Richard M. Sherman, uh, one of the Sherman brothers yeah, yeah, who, of yeah, course, yeah. wrote the songs for Mary Poppins and yeah. all those, you know, wonderful classic Disney movies. And It's a Small World. It's a Small World after all. He wrote that song, yeah. or him and his brother did. Uh, so that's him on the piano there. Wow. Yeah, so that was a nice little Got catch. A cameo there. Little cameo. Yeah, I love it. It's so important, I think, with these Disney movies, and it's happening with a lot of movies recently, uh, that you stay for the credits because there's always sort of mm. some little Easter egg in the credits that yep. you need to wait for, especially like the end of the Avengers movies. There's always like another scene yeah. after the credits finish rolling. Yeah, not a nod to heritage. Yeah, I suppose Disney. so. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm. Uh, what, do you know what beach that was filmed on? Brighton. No, yeah. don't. I just made no. that up. I'm not sure. Is Brighton Beach in England? <laughs> Sounds yeah. like an England yes. thing. So this movie was, of course, filmed in the UK. Um, but no, I, I can't tell you what beach that was. But that was the first beach that came to my head when you said that. Yeah. But it, I don't know. Yeah, I could probably like do some more Googling and Very find that stony. out. Very stony. Quite stony, not sandy. Know, Europe, yeah, they, they're renowned for their stony beaches. Not the beautiful, lovely white golden sands that we get in Australia. But, um, yeah, stones. Speaking of sands in Australia, I'm going to hit you with another fun fact that's unrelated to this. Yeah. The sands on the beach in Waikiki in Hawaii actually come from Australia. Yeah. Because of erosion, a lot of their sand gets washed away to sea, so they've got to ship some in and they get it from Queensland. Yeah. And put it on the beach in Hawaii. Yeah. I learnt that when I was in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's actually a black market for beach sand. But the, that's well, a whole different... Really? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't know that. It's a whole different rabbit hole there. But yeah, um, Google it. Black market (laughs) beach sand, sure. I I don't know too many details because I'm not involved. No, in the black market trade of beach sand. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Fun fact number six. This is the longest Winnie the Pooh film to run for 104 minutes, unlike the previous animated ones, which were about 60 to 70 minutes long. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a normal sort of Disney movie feature length movie time. Yeah, nowadays it is definitely yep. uh, about 104. Though, yeah, I think for animated movies they might keep it a little bit shorter. But this is not an, this was our this is our first live action movie that we're talking about. Mm. So yeah, about 104 minutes is how long that, it went for. I think that credits um, scene you're talking about probably went for about four minutes. So there's your. Do you extra, think so? There's your extra four minutes. Oh maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact number seven. So Mark Forster was a director on this movie. He also directed Finding Neverland, which is another yeah. you know I suppose biopic movie which i also haven't watched haven't because no because as long as well as not liking you and mcgregor i actually really don't like johnny depp either so that's why i haven't watched finding neverland i actually you know what let me clarify i think johnny depp is a perfect jack sparrow and i love him in edward scissorhands but i don't want to watch him in anything else i really there's something about him as well that i'm just like yeah. meh don't like you what about sweeney todd Oh, it was good in Sweeney Todd, I yeah. suppose. I, when I think Johnny Depp, I don't immediately go to Sweeney Todd, though. It's tricky to find... You know what it is? It's a bit like Jim Carrey in that it's tricky to find them in a movie where they're not almost themselves kind of pretending to be someone else. Yeah, I feel that way about Jack Nicholson. I feel like Jack yeah. Nicholson is always Jack Nicholson He's in always, everything. Yeah, and Jack Black. Yeah, like, I just can't yeah. see past yeah. that person yeah. uh, with these characters, so... Uh, yeah, so back to fun fact number seven. Yeah. Mark Forster, the director of this movie, Christopher Robin, kept a set of the stuffed animals, uh, the stuffed, you know, the plush toys of the yeah. characters for his home, and he's the kicker. Disney charged him for them. <laughs> he took them and then Disney charged him. I, in my head, well. it's like in my head, it's like when you go to a hotel and you take the bathrobe, and they're like, "Hang on, we know you've got that, and yeah. we, we'll be." Uh, We'll be taking money for that if you yeah. want to keep that. Yeah. You lose your bond or you Yeah, you lose your bond. Charge it to your credit card. Charge it to your account. Yeah. And that's that's crazy, isn't it? But that's kind of, um, you know, there's always these little weird, unique things with related to Disney. Yeah. You know, you just don't know. You never know. Like Disney's got all the money in the world. Well, at the moment they don't. They've right. had they've had to take out like an eleven billion dollar loan. I've read that somewhere yeah. because their parks are all shut, and that's where most uh, of their revenue yeah. comes from. So their parks have all been closed during this quarantine for a, a, you know a good couple of weeks now, mm. maybe a month, and they're not. They're planning to do like soft reopenings for them in terms of. Um, just local people being able to visit, not having their hotels and stuff open yet. But the parks will be open with some sort of capacity, 50% capacity being able to go in and visit. But yeah, most of their revenue is coming from there. I wonder if they'll do, just as a, this is the way my brain's working right now. Mm. I wonder if they'll do like fireworks shows and those sort of big spectaculars that would cost a lot of money to run um, every night while they're not having full capacity of those parks and their hotels. They might have to scale back. Hmm. Oh, just a thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I was hoping we'd get through a, a podcast without hearing about COVID, but there you go. Sorry. <laughs> well, it, I didn't. I didn't it's say all it. You said at it. The moment. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And our last fun fact. Fun fact number eight. This is Walt Disney Pictures' first live-action 
adaptation of an animated classic to not be a remake mm. since Alice in Wonderland in 2018, yep. which was released eight years prior. So they did have live-action remakes in that time that were remakes of old movies like Cinderella yeah. and uh, Jungle Book sure. and stuff like that, but this was the first one to not be a, a remake yeah. and still be live-action. Cool. And there are my fun facts for you. Was that an eight? That was eight, yep. Wow. I got through them quick. With a couple of little tangents, I got through them quick yeah, this time. Brilliant. Yeah, so uh, get some good knowledge. Good knowledge. So, you ready to talk about the movie now? Yes, I am. Fantastic. So, my first thought when we started watching this was, I'm going to cry for this whole movie. Yeah. Because you know, you just read a Winnie the Pooh quote and it makes you want to cry, but I didn't cry. I wanted to cry, and it just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I had something more positive to say <laughs> right now, yeah, but it was like, it was okay. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. There was something about the There's just something missing. Hit. You know what I think? You know what I think it was? To Tell me, me. Like one of the, like by the end of the movie, I thought it was great and I didn't mind at all. But when I first saw um, the animal characters, mm-hmm. the Pooh and the other guys, yep. you know, they're, they're presented in this movie as being these raggedy old um, teddy bear doll type things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very different to seeing them as animated cartoons. That is, yeah, that is true. And, you know, it, it brought a realness to to those characters, like a real kind of... They, they'd thought about that. Mm-hmm. They obviously didn't want it to be too cartoony. No. Because, you know, being too cartoony would make them uh, perhaps in the realm of magic, whereas mm-hmm. being lifelike... Uh, teddy bears, they're in the realm of enchantment. Mm. I thought it was really funny that there was zero explanation to the fact that they could talk. Yeah. <laughs> like at, at the start, I thought, oh, it's just Christopher Robin's imagination. He's imagining these conversations with these uh, teddies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie progressed and other people started seeing them talk and hearing them talk, I was like, oh, so this is just a thing that they can do. Yeah. They can all talk and everyone can understand them. Yep. Which I thought was strange. And there was no explanation to that. It was just, oh, yep, that's just what they do. And I think that, that sometimes that that's completely fine in movies because, you know, we don't need every single thing explained. Yeah. I know there was a couple of points where you went later on in the movie where you went, oh, really? <laughs> that it's doesn't like make that? sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And I'll be like, honey, that's the part you can't believe. Like- <laughs> <laughs> not the talking not the talking toys. I was fine with the talking toys. Like, I was on board with that. But there are a few points in the movie, and we'll go through them in a sec, that I was like, mm, I'm not sure I'm buying that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your selling I'm not buying? Um, so, look, I love the way that this movie launches at you uh, with the the storybook theme. I liked that theme. too. You know, yep. We've mentioned that a few times with, with Cinderella and, and whatnot, and... And so they go, they go through pages. They're the original type drawings mm-hmm. of um, of the characters, and then there's those poignant lines from the story that kind of set it up. It's like Christopher Robin's origin story. Yeah, yeah. and it happens pretty quickly. That's but, a bit um, of a montage. Yeah, there is quite a few montages during the movie. Mm-hmm. You've got to kind of keep up. You mm-hmm. can't sort of can't zone out and check can't your phone. Zone out, check <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> no, um, but I kind of like that about that as well because I was. You know, completely uh, involved with it for, for the whole I did movie, really like you know? the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, I just think that Winnie the Pooh, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, is such a nostalgic thing that when mm. you hear it, it's just like, oh, 
Oh, bother. You're like, it's like, oh, yes, that's right. Because you know it so well. Yeah. It's such a distinctive voice and we know it so well that it's just so perfect. And Tigger as well. However, <laughs> however, I am not... Uh, I'm not Come sold on. <laughs> on the fact that the character voices were not consistent mm. because Winnie the Pooh and Tigger sounded like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Eeyore yep. sounded like Eeyore, mm. even though Eeyore in this movie is voiced by Brad Garrett, who, tell. of course, yeah, and you can tell. Oh, we were going to get to that, were we? <laughs> yeah, is, we've, um, got, we've gotten to that. Yeah. But I thought that was a great choice because he still he sounded like Brad Garrett, yeah. but he still sounded like Eeyore. He had the right tones yeah. and everything. And I just from from growing up watching the cartoons of Winnie the Pooh, when Piglet started talking, I just went, "Well, that's not Piglet. That's not what Piglet sounds like." Yeah. And and Rabbit and Owl, and I just sort of went, "Oh." And and Rabbit and Owl and Piglet all had English accents. Yeah. Whereas Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore did not have English accents. Yeah. So I was sort of confused with, okay, they're in England. It does make sense they would have English accents. But then why don't they all have English accents? And obviously I, I did read actually when I was researching my fun facts that they did have another actor pegged for Winnie the Pooh, a, an English actor, mm. to give Winnie the Pooh an English sound. And they tested it with some audiences and the audiences basically did what I just did and went, that's not Winnie the Pooh's voice. Yeah. So they got Jim Cummings back to do it because he is Winnie the yeah, Pooh, like, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. it. No, well, I think that they... Although he must be pretty old by now. They, I think that they just wanted it to be consistent. Like, just like I want it to be consistent. They might have to take the recording devices over to his nursing home. Well, I think that uh, I think that there are lots of voice actors out there that are really good at taking over from another actor. Like yeah. Mickey Mouse has sounded the same for years. Walt did Mickey Mouse's voice originally because yeah. he couldn't find anyone else that you know could do it how he wanted it to sound. And then he started smoking too much and couldn't do it anymore because <laughs> it's so high pitched. But um, I think that there are other voice actors who can imitate Winnie the Pooh effectively enough that they could do the Winnie the Pooh voice. Um, but when you've got the actual guy there, get him to yeah. do it, right? But I didn't, like, it just kind of bothered me. It bothered the, you know, OCD-ness in my brain that just went, well, that's not right. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense that the anim- the toys are talking. It does not make sense that they do not have consistent accents when they're all in the 100-acre wood, which is in England. Only because you've heard their voices. Yeah, and because times. I've heard their voices so much. I want Piglet yeah. to sound like Piglet that's all they have and to Rabbit do. to sound they like Rabbit. Do anything. The thing about doing a movie like this is they didn't have to do, with those particular characters, they didn't have to do anything particularly special No, we or know extra. them. They and just we, had to be. They just had those, to be what yeah. we know because we love these characters. Yeah. They're such important characters. Um. So I am glad that Winnie the Pooh and Tigger sounded like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. And I'm glad that Eeyore sounded like Eeyore because the voice actor for Eeyore had passed away, the original one who'd done it for so long. So Brad Garrett did it in a a movie, I think, earlier, a a video game where he did Eeyore's voice. And that makes sense. Sure, fine. But I just wanted them to all be consistent. Why didn't they all just have American accents then? If one, if three of them do, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, another point that did you want to talk about the voices anymore before I move on to my next point? No, I'm good. Um, at the start of the movie, I got major Hook vibes. You know, Hook, the Robin Williams yeah. classic where he's Peter Pan all grown up and he's got to go back to Neverland. Sure. But the thing about Hook, I think, is that that movie is so, it just draws you in. And in Hook, 
and hopefully we'll watch it and get to talk about it on it deserves its own podcast but the thing about hook is that it takes so long to get to neverland it takes like an hour yeah. before peter pan's even in neverland that movie goes for like three hours mm, it's a long movie epic. but it doesn't feel long but this movie i just kind of when mm, so oh. what happened was we're still at the start of the movie they have the storybook vibe going on for a minute or two mm-hmm. and then it goes into christopher robin as a young boy of about 12, 13? 10, maybe. I yeah, think he's younger than 13. He mm. Well, he's old enough to you he's know, like a, he's get like around a, outdoors by himself. Yeah, I would say about 10 or 11. But, but not, it's, too old, not too old enough to be losing his um, imagination. imagination, I guess, is part of this mm-hmm. story. And But what we find is very quickly that Christopher, is it's demanded of him that he grow up. And he basically leaves. Like Peter Pan. Like yeah, Wendy and John yeah. and Michael. Yeah. And so there's a few things that, um, you know, it's really, I thought that the, the start of the movie was almost sadder than, than anything yeah. else in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. The start of the movie was really sad. Because that's where the, the characters, um, you know, they all, all the animals recognize that, that Christopher's got to go. That he's leaving. Well, I think that at the hard thing. party. And, yeah. You know. They know that he's got to go. They don't understand why he's got to go. And why he can't stay with them because mm. he's being, you know, shipped off to boarding school. Um, and, it, yeah, they don't really mm. understand why he's going, just that he has to go. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, Christopher and Pooh have that special relationship where, you know, they kind of just bum around in the Hundred Acre Wood. Doing you know, nothing. Doing nothing, really. And he says, Pooh says, doing nothing often leads to the very best something, which you know radiates through the rest of the movie yeah when it picks that's up the big later thing. on yeah but he, you know so he so he christopher has a couple of things he gets sent off to boarding school um he knows he knows it's time to become basically become an adult even though he's not really no you know he shouldn't have to at that stage but he's you know his dad ships him off basically and then his dad dies yeah just um, unexplained yeah. dad's dead Dad's dead. Like I, what I wrote down is they were very delicate about it. Mm. I guess maybe because they know that lots of kids are watching it. it this is a G-rated movie. This is G. Yeah. Yep. But you know, this part became part of this um, first montage where things start happening really quickly. And um, and so he gets a Ewan, he all of a sudden he's Hugh McGregor, and he gets a girlfriend, gets married, goes off to fight in World War One. There's a couple of little flashy. Scenes While his there girlfriend wife is pregnant. Yep. Um, comes back and goes to work at the at the luggage factory, mm-hmm. and very big. You know, he's sort of one of the middle management bosses, and he, all of a sudden he's completely lost his sense of humour. It's all about money, money, money. Like Hook. Yeah. It was like Hook. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it happens in such a quick. You know, what we've done is we've traversed about twenty twenty five years of his life. Yeah. In like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I thought that. I don't know whether that sort of it it was probably just a good way to get through all that stuff, yeah, without getting bogged down in any any one thing, and then getting on to back to the the poo Winnie the Pooh part of the story, yeah. Get back to the poo, honey. Back to the poo. That's the that you know what that's going to be the title of this podcast. Back to the poo. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So like it was all choom 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 and. Um, yeah, and this whole thing about the dreams don't come for free. You have to work for them. That's what his dad tells him. Mm. Before um, he just un- unexpl- yeah. inexplicably dies. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he and you know he says this to himself as well, like a mantra, and he starts to neglect his family because he's working really hard. Yeah, his um his wife and his daughter. Daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's his daughter's name? Uh, Madeline? Madeline, that's right. Yeah. Madeline, knew it started with them. Madeline. So really the premise of this is that Madeline and the wife Evelyn go away to the country to Christopher Robin's old like family home mm. in the countryside and he's meant to go with them but he stays home to work because he has to work. And while he's home, um, Pooh Bear sort of – he knocks over this pot of honey which – rolls like which like spills over a picture of himself like that he'd drawn of himself and Winnie the Pooh that his daughter had found in an old box and like spills over that and does that like wake Pooh up somewhere does that yeah like so back in the hundred acre wood he's like regenerated or something somehow summoned he's yeah it's weird it's weird so he he goes through the it's enchantment baby well yeah i suppose (laughs) he goes back through the the hole in the tree that christopher robin usually comes through and he ends up in london winnie the pooh in london near like a bench in a park in the middle of london there he finds christopher robin and then christopher robin is so sort of um, surprised, first of all, and taken aback by this. He decides he's just got to take Winnie the Pooh back because he's causing mayhem in his yeah. house. So he's got to take him back to the Hundred Acre Wood. So they go on a train and they go to the Hundred Acre Wood and he gets this balloon, this red balloon that was like major it vibes as well and just carrying yeah. this red balloon everywhere. Pennywise. Very much. And this balloon is, I think, the most magical thing of the entire movie because it's like a helium balloon because mm. it's floating high and then later it's just doing all these weird things that yeah. helium does not do. Like this was one of the parts in the movie that I just had a real big problem with was yeah. the consistency of this balloon. Talking bear, okay. Talking bear, floating, fine. Endlessly floating balloon, not okay. No, but it floats and then it doesn't and then it floats and then it doesn't. Like it's a confusing balloon. Um, That's London weather though. I Look, maybe. <laughs> maybe if that's what we're going with. London and bears, like must be a thing about teddy bears like really to english people because you got paddington bear as mm-hmm. well you know which is very similar kind of vibes there mm-hmm. yeah they must love their teddy bears i love a bear i love yeah. a bear um can i go through a few questions that i had whilst watching this movie mm. all right well a few thoughts that i had thought number one i wish i had a little cottage in the countryside because <laughs> it really looks very nice right yeah thought number two how is Christopher Robin floating in that big puddle in the ditch that he, the heffalump trap that he falls into? How is he floating in there, A, without drowning, and B, without waking up? And he just wakes up and he's floated to the top of this big ditch. Yeah. I wasn't buying that. Well, that was part of the story that I wasn't buying. Um, you're a sinker. I'm, look, it's not even that. Like he was, he was part, but he was passed float. out yeah. at the bottom of this ditch, yeah. and the and they must have really rained a lot for it to fill with like ten foot of water. It was an enchanted ditch. <laughs> it's an enchanted something. <laughs> um, yeah, so I get you. There's a few few parts. But you, you know what it was about this movie. I don't question it. Uh, you know what it was about this movie it is that fine. it wasn't it wasn't set up to be magical. There was no other magical elements to this sure. other than the fact that Winnie the Pooh. If they had set up magic mm. in this hundred acre wood, I would have been all right. Yeah, cool. He's floated. Yep, yeah, fine. But they hadn't. Everything was so real and was set up to be so realistic. Yeah. That when these weird things happened, my brain just couldn't process it because it wasn't part of the universe that they built. Mm. 
right? So that's where I was with that. Um, I liked that Owl and Rabbit were real animals. Like they were animated to be real animals and not toys. Yeah. Because Owl and Rabbit are real animals. But in the animation, it doesn't really come across that way. Yeah. I want a full set of all of those toys because they're really cute. They did a really good job of those um, Tigger, Piglet, Eeyore, Pooh. Yeah. Even Kanga and Roo, though we don't really see them very much until they're back in the wood. But Eeyore, Tiglet, P- Piglet, either, I can't even speak. Eeyore, Piglet, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh are really cute. And Tiglet. Tiglet. That's going to be the new thing as well. Um, they're really, that's, really cute. <laughs> that's when you cross a Tigger and a Piglet. Mm. What did you think of the, um, the, the design of the characters? Oh, look, I thought they were great. Yeah, I think at first it was, like, a bit shocking. Maybe I just didn't think about it that much. But, um, but yeah, very quickly got to, to liking how they were, you know, animated. You know, they were, Eeyore was really flippy floppy. Yeah. Um, there, were times where, there was times when Eeyore got wet. Um, and, you know, it was they had animated it so well so it was clear that his fur was wet. But then, you know, it would dry out over the course of the next scene. And they just looked so fluffy yeah. and I wanted to... You know, stick my face into their bellies and just because they were so fluffy and soft, mm. they looked really fluffy and soft. So back to the story. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff about you know Pooh being alone as well. Like once Christopher leaves, um, you know he's alone, and then and his friends disappear as well. The animals mm. disappear. That's so, why he goes to find Christopher Robin. Yeah, so part of the part of Christopher and and Pooh's you know journey is to go back. And rediscover those friends that they had had all those years ago, um, and they find them. Yeah, they do. Christopher Robin does find them later. Yeah. I love the I love the moment when um, you know Christopher's carrying Pooh and the um, and the red balloon, and Pooh goes Pooh disappears for a bit and ends up with another little child. <laughs> Christopher runs up, you know, this big towering man runs up and snatches the the poo off <laughs> snatches, snatches the, poo, the poo snatches the poo bear from this little child and he says you can't just take a teddy bear from a grown man mm. <laughs> classic very classic um i have a question if there's anyone from london mm. or england who is listening do you have to pay for stuff on a train so like when the woman's coming down with the trolley and she's like she says, oh, you know, what would you like? And the daughter who, you know, we're not going to go through the whole premise of the whole movie, but there is a scene where the daughter is in, the daughter Madeline is in the train with yeah. all the toys and the woman like Harry Potter, anything from the trolley, dear? Um, she says, you know, do you want anything from the trolley? And she goes, yeah, I'll have five cups of tea and honey and sugar and milk. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you have to pay for those things or is that included in the price of your ticket? Is this like a 19, you know, 49 Thing that doesn't happen anymore do your trains still look like that are there compartments i love those compartments they're really cool so i yeah i have many questions i have many questions about this oh you know what though when i watched euro trip they had compartments in those trains too so maybe it's a europe thing to have compartments on a train i haven't I think, been to europe you know so i don't know is. i think it depends on where the train's going so if it's kind of like a regional train that leaves and goes to other you know cities or towns mm-hmm. then it'll have you know compartments uh for longer trips but if it's just like a local train if it's like a local train metro sort of thing you know the tube the tube yeah because in new york they don't have compartments Mind on the, the subway <laughs> yeah. on the subway they don't so 
That's just a question that I had. If you know the answer to that question, let me know. Mm. Classic line from Pooh. I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I've been. Yeah, Pooh drops a lot of truth bombs. Yeah. Like a lot of you go, oh, put that on a T-shirt. Mm. You know, someone put do some nice calligraphy of that quote and stick it on your wall. <laughs> it was very, It's very much like that. But I think that the Winnie the Pooh books are like that. Yeah. They have lots of those really deep and meaningful quotes. For a bear that doesn't know very much about yeah. anything, um, he comes out with some real deep truths. Um, There's a lot of searching going on in this story. Yeah. Searching for characters and finding them. But also there's, you know, there's an, there's like a broader search for, you know, I guess humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to look, talk big, deep and meaningful stuff, you know, Christopher's lost sight of what's really important to him as a person, um, thinking that it's money, it's his job, it's his work, which we do see in a lot of, a lot of movies that, you know, that are kind of, um, that have that central character torn between work and family life. Yeah. And so this search to, to I guess, reclaim his humour and reclaim his fun. And he does do that. He does. I think what's really grand about it is he... What's really grand? <laughs> what's <laughs> really grand about it? I just think that he kind of, you could see that he gets sucked back into this world, kind of almost... You know, initially he's sort of like, nah, nah, this can't happen. It can't be a part of my life anymore. But eventually he just sort of succumbs to this, you know, the whole the whole poo thing. And he starts just doing things that he used to do in the Hundred Acre Wood. Yeah. With Pooh and the other guys. And, you know, they're getting chased by monsters. Um, the Heffalumps. And Woozles. And Woozles. And uh, have a great time. And, yeah, he spends like a day there. Having a yeah. great time with his childhood buddies. And then, you know, they have to, he has to go back and face his, you know, adult responsibilities. And, mm. and of course, madness ensues. But I don't really think we need to go into the whole end. We don't want it to. I wrote a lot of notes about the end. Oh, did you? All right, well, then go on. <laughs> no, then. no, 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 no. You know, I'll tell you what I think was great. Um, there's a lot of period costume and, and scenes in London. And I think they just did an absolutely smashing job. So lots of scenes at the... Um, at the stations, you King's know, in Cross, the, in the in King's Cross, in the in the cottages and gardens, it and was very sort of pretty. In the you can't of fault London. you can't fault the visuals of oh, this movie. It was incredible, yeah. yeah, incredible. And I thought that was really a really cool part of that for me is that they yeah you know, they got those sort of things right. It was a good foundation for the story. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I know sometimes it's hard to believe the magic, honey. But this but... Ah, this movie wasn't meant to be about magic. <laughs> But for me, it's like if you're doing a period, you get it, you got to get it right. Otherwise, you just lose people really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. So would you watch this movie again? Would I watch this movie again? There's a lot of other movies on my list that i got to watch. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, I suppose in time it would, you know, would, if it was on, I'd probably watch it. Mm. I thought it was a great movie. How I many honeypots would you give it? How many honeypots? Probably Seven honeypots. Seven honeypots. So you're you're going the same as like the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It was good. I think like, you know, other movies that had that sadness about them would have brought a tear to the eye, but this one didn't quite. No, no. So I thought that, I thought it was fine. But it was very funny. It was a very, we've got to say, we haven't mentioned it much, but it was a really funny movie. It had funny moments. 
one-liners. Everybody yeah. chipped in there. Yeah. It was great. It was. It had its funny moments. I thought it was fine. Like, I wanted to be really touched and emotional about it, but I just wasn't. I don't know if that's because we stopped the movie in the middle. I had to have a school meeting. Do you know so what? So if I we had, if we stopped, because we stopped it, it happened. Yeah. You know what? I think sometimes adds to the drama is when someone cries. Yeah. And in this one, no one cried. No one cried. No one no. got emotional. Not maybe that's it. Tear. Maybe and that's I it. I think that's like maybe, yeah, it didn't quite suck us into, into that. Yeah. Because there always seemed to be this, just as the things were getting sad, it would get kind of resolved or, or, or comical. go a bit upbeat and all yeah. comical. Maybe that's yeah. it. Like so I it, wanted... didn't, it didn't just stop and be sad, like completely Yeah, I wanted it to be sad. I was ready for it to be sad. And I just, it wasn't. And I don't think that I'd watch this movie again. No. No. Like it was fine, but I've seen it now. Yeah. And I just think... Maybe when you have children and... They have teddies. <laughs> you know, and watch it together. Maybe. Like, it's go, a good oh, family movie. It wasn't so bad. It's a good family film. But I just, nah. Yeah, I'm I think, okay. <laughs> I think I, I like the messages about, you know, you know, don't get too serious about life. You know, family family first. Yeah. Those kind of things. I yeah. Think it, I think it was... I think I just wrote down it was a beautiful narrative about finding your inner child... Uh, your inner joy from doing the simplest of things. Sure. And, yeah, the value of family. So that's yeah. sort of where I got to with that. Yeah. I mean, the messages were good. It was a nice movie. It was yeah. very nice. Yeah. I just... And you know what? They, yeah. they started with a song. They started with the characters, the, the animals singing, and they finished with a song, a song. Yeah. in the credits. And I kind of expected that maybe there might have been a few more songs along the way. No songs. Not a musical as such, but just. A I bit mean, more... Tigger sings his song. You know, the wonderful thing about Tigger is, oh, da, 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 da. so he does seconds. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, there's no, there's no music in this. There's no songs in this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it was missing. I felt that way about Onward too. Like the, there was some, there's something missing, and maybe that's what it was. I don't know. It was okay. Like yeah, I would say. How many honeypots would you give? It? How many honeypots would I give it? Six. Six. Yeah. Out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was fine. It was fine. It was a nice movie. Ewan McGregor aside, it was a nice movie. <laughs> um, and the character, the characters, the Winnie the Pooh characters were really, really cute. And I really liked them. And I do want a full set of those toys. Yeah, you just wanted um, to give them a hug. I just wanted to cuddle them, yeah. But there was just, I think there was just something that was missing for me with that movie. I'm not quite sure what it was. Mm. But it just kind of missed the mark a little bit for me. But you know what? That's everybody has their own opinions. Mm. But you know, I would recommend other people watch it and make up yeah, their own mind who would you about it. it to? I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's a good family movie. So you could sit down with any age and, and sit and watch it. Maybe even for um, slightly older kids that are not so uh, not so thrilled with watching animated movies anymore. It's a good transitional movie because mm. you get those animated movies that really appeal a lot to you know, the younger kids. Yeah. And then you have movies that are for older teenagers, but this is a good one for sort of in between, mm. I think. I could show this to any of the kids at my school and they'd enjoy it. Yeah. And it was definitely a family-friendly movie. Yeah, definitely. In terms of its, no, know, swearing, no swearing, no bad form. themes. No, 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 no one nah. died. Like, it's really well, a movie Well, the dad where, died, but... Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah, but did he? Because we never... We, oh, we never saw a body. We never saw a body. And if we know anything from Game of Thrones, we know that we never saw a body. Oh, there was a for him at the start. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. regardless, it's not, it's not you, important. You hear me, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps us up for our episode 
Back to the Poo. Yeah, that was Christopher <laughs> That Robin. was Christopher Robin, the 2018 live-action Winnie the Pooh movie, yeah, available on Disney+. Plus. I was going to say one more thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go on, Look, then. I think that it did the Winnie the Pooh story justice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was nice. No, that's my final thought. You've had the last word now? You're done? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. You've had your final word now. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. We might have a sneaky bonus episode this week. There is a really important Disney day coming up this week, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something, but you just leaned in really close to the microphone. Really important Disney day coming up this week, so we may have a sneaky bonus episode for you. But thanks so much for tuning in while we chatted about Christopher Robin. If you could leave us a really nice review on iTunes, that would be lovely. If you could follow us on Instagram at Presenting Pixie Dust, and if you've got any questions, you can send us an email at presentingpixiedust at gmail.com. And I think that's about all for us. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.